to Maniacal Music Musings. I'm your host, Jeremy, as always. I'm over in a hotel in Sydney looking for a happy ending. I mean, that's what I'm always doing, but, you know. After that, I'm going to the Witch's Rave to find the Yard of Blonde Girls up in Vancouver. We got some uppers from the Witch Doctor. He just said, tell him who he got it from. My co-host, Tansy, though, he's right here to tell you it's all your fault. He's a zombie with ridiculous thoughts in his empty head while having nightmares by the sea. There's no shame, he says, when the sky is a landfill as the icicle melts to the daffodil laments. All he does is sketches for his sweetheart, the drunk, so there's no need to argue. Chancy motherfucking Grife. Yeah! Hi. <laughs> I think I use pretty much every fucking song title in all my top fives and, the two, and two of the album names in that fucking one. <laughs> They're just hard. <laughs> but yes, your musers are back once the fuck again. Yes, we missed our regularly scheduled night, but you know what? We don't do regularly scheduled nights over here anyway, as you all know. We do it whenever we can get guests, basically. And we are very happy to have the guest we had tonight. He was our first ever guest, and he is the returning once again to join us for a momentous night of what is sure to be shit and giggles. But welcome back, Harvey Harvandre Laguerre from Men Are the Prize. Love is black, and how dare you open the door around podcasting and all those other podcasts? <laughs> Thank you for having me back. As your garage door opens, my sheer essence causes a burst of electricity, and that's fine. Works for me. I'm glad. I'm glad to be back. Um, talking music, you give me music or movies or TV to talk about, and I'm in my element. So thank you for having me back. And I think for this episode, Jeremy, I may just blow your mind on this episode. I have a feeling. I, I have a feeling. This may be quite the interesting episode otherwise, but I'm ready to talk about this. If I may, you know I am host of Men of the Prize, the podcast that you can find on HarveyLeGarrett.com. Open space for men to be open, emotional, vulnerable, to talk about what we need to talk about as men, I leave a space for you to be top of your own list. That's what Men of the Prize is. Two seasons have completed. That's on hiatus. The original podcast that I started with the wife called Love is Black, the podcast. Season five has just begun, and we are telling the great black love story. That is what is happening this season. Each week, each of us is reading a chapter of this book yesterday. Today's Friday. As of this recording, yesterday, Carice, my super hot wife, read the first chapter of this book. Next week, I will, and we will go back and forth for 30 chapters to tell a love story from the perspective of the woman and the man in the story, in the culture. So this is going to be fun, too. And that's the all serious stuff. But give me Chancey, give me Jeremy, give me some music. We can talk some ish. Let's go. I'm ready. And that's what we do. We talk ish on this shit all the time. Yes. We curse in this show. We be curse we curse in this show, by the way. Yes, <laughs> right. oh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. I try Fuck to be respectful, but it doesn't last long. Eventually some just <laughs> Yeah, we curse in this show. What can I say? Mm -hmm. But as always, Harvey, 
what album did you bring for us to listen to this time? I brought two fine gentlemen the album by Jeff Buckley, and it is called Sketch. Such a thing of wonder in this crowd. I'm a stranger in this town. was really i mean after his death he was quite the artist and i think that's what draw drew, drew me to him listening to his music i listened to this album again there's a real haunting feeling with him knowing that he's no longer with us and every song and his voice it, there's kind of like some pain behind it there's emotion behind it. i really really love this album one song in particular which to me is the absolute standout and we'll talk about it but the album course sketches for my sweetheart the drunk released in 1998 by jeff buckley actually funny enough released on my 10th birthday oh damn hmm. Look at that. I, I, I happened to be listening to it at work today in between phone calls and i looked at the re- release date i'm like no shit <laughs> <laughs> i'm like i couldn't play it i'm like no i'm gonna play that if we tried but <laughs> but uh Chancey, I'm going to let you go first with your review on this one. So I had heard of Jeff Buckley in the past, but this is my first opportunity listening to any of his albums. And I I, I quite enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed all the albums this week. Spoilers, motherfucker. Spoilers! But, <laughs> uh, you know. But, yeah, I got to say, I never heard of Jeff Buckley. The only, the only Buckley I know is from King of the Hill. But... I when I when I when I first started listening to the CD to get a feel for it when I was trying to pick my CD, I was just like, all right, all right. I'm like, I think I may like this album when I listen to it fully. And then I it was I literally listened to it last to, I listened to it last today because I wanted it fresh in my head. And I loved it. Like it was just the most un, unique his voice is so unique in certain places. Like it's just like I can't I mean, he, he could be right there with almost like an amateur Freddie Mercury in a way, but I mean, I mean, only because it's Ray Mercury while I say amateur, but any other singer wouldn't get that. But and yes, Philip Parker says that Jeff Buckley is amazing and his voice is haunting. So it is. Thanks for agreeing, Phil. Clearly, you know your music. Clearly. And I mean, yeah, he's right. His voice is haunting, and it's what he sings about. I almost was like, Harvey brought this album? Like, this doesn't like this is not no uh riding with the king. No, no, I am, I am eclectic with my musical tastes. So, I love it. Mm. Okay. Yes, that's correct, Phil. That is the that's where I first heard him. I heard that song, his version of the, the yeah. track, and I'm pretty sure I heard it on an episode, a amazing episode of The West Wing. And I'm like, what song is this? And I went back and found the artist and, of course, listened to Grace. Is it? That's the album. His first. The absolute. Is it Grace is the name of the album? I, it might be. I, I don't recall. I, I, I don't have the list in front of me here. It's Grace. Either way, I uh, absolutely fell in love with this artist as soon as I heard. Uh, 
Phil says you're right. It is grace. Thank you. Al that album is unreal. This one, toned down, obviously came out later. But after that, I'm a huge fan. I love his voice. So love his voice. And you know what's funny is I can actually picture that episode of West Wing you're talking about. As soon as you said that, I was like, oh, yeah. I, that was a beautiful rendition of it. And I I never thought to look up who sang it. Like, I just never, it never crossed my mind. Yeah. But I remember that episode. If I'm thinking right, it was a very depressing episode to begin with. But yeah, but a lot of West Wing episodes can be. So it's the reason that we have NCIS, the show. Yeah. If you understand the reference, you know what happened. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah, I know. I know what happened. Yeah. Like, uh, I made me remember. All right. Yeah. So I mean, I love this album. It was. I mean, I'll get into it more with the songs, but my God, like, it was. It almost reminded me of a tone of, of like a very toned down, like dog fashion disco style of lyric writing. Like very that's, toned that's, down. Yes. That's that's kind of yeah. what that's kind of I kind of could see that in a lot of things. I'll get to that more in the songs, but so, Harvey, what were your top five in this one? I I, I got to hear if they match. <laughs> All right, let's go backwards. Should I do? All right, number five for me is you and I. I enjoy. I, I, to be honest, there's really no order for these songs except number one is number one no matter what. But you and I, I enjoy that song. It's uh, I keep I feel like I'm gonna be saying haunting a lot, but for me, that's what attracted me to him. Artists, especially when you hear them, or even if you're an actual artiste, you know, with the paint, when you see their creations after they're no longer here with us, there's a different feeling. I agree with you. Grace is absolutely ridiculous. Agreed. Um this one I loved. I loved you and I. It's a great song. Number four, opened once. I think I'm drawn to the kind of slower, deeper, lights off, headphones on. I can just listen to the lyrics and him singing type. Those are the tracks that really did it for me. So open once works. And that's number three for me. Number four for me. Um, New Year's Prayer, I enjoyed a lot. Did I say opened once? I'm not sure I said that. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so hold yep. on. Yeah, the order really means nothing to me. So you and I opened once, New Year's Prayer. Um, eh, let me bring the list back up here. It's, it's literally not that important. I love the whole fucking thing. <laughs> I love every part of that album. Let me just find another song for you. Morning Theft. I enjoyed Morning Theft, too. I like the title. I was thinking about that in a bad way, you know. Some other thoughts came to mind when I thought about it. I won't go into that. But I enjoyed that song. But number one for me is a song. It's smooth. I Anybody who ever asks me to make them a playlist, I, I've made many a CD. I've made many a mixtape for a young lady hoping to attract her attention. And I put this on a ton of playlists. And that song is Everybody Here Wants You. It is beautiful. It is absolutely beautiful. That's the sexiest song I've heard from a white man ever. I have no problem saying that. He played that for me. I would consider going back to his place. 
dead ass. I'm thinking about it. Like, wow, did you you play that for me, Jeff? We can go back to the house. We'll see. <laughs> Break out the Astroglide. <laughs> so that is that is my list. I love that song. It's, I love this album. I'm gonna listen to it when we're done. I'm gonna put that back on. I'll listen to listen to this too, but that is my synopsis. That's my list. That's our top five for sketches for my sweetheart. And funny enough, not one song on it matched any of mine. <laughs> okay, that's fine, bro. That's yeah. okay. Well, that's good. I exposed you to something different. I'm cool with that. And Chancey, what were your top five to see if yours actually match Harvey's or not? So number five for me was Opened Once. Uh, number four was Witch's Rave. Uh, number three was Nightmares by the Sea. Uh, number two was Morning Theft. And uh, number one was Everybody Here Wants You. <laughs> good list, man. Good list. Nights. I was just listening to Nightmares by the Sea before we popped on. Nice. Oh, I love, oh, love that album. Well, well, all right. It's funny because I, I think, my, I think the first three I have on my list are not haven't been mentioned at all yet. Well, let's number hear it five, then. Number five was Vancouver for the okay. guitar alone. The guitar alone in that song. Number four was Yard of Blonde Girls because I thought that song was fucking hilarious. Like, <laughs> it, like that's every that's every teenager's dream. But number three was The Sky Is a Landfill because it was kind of like chaotic and apocalyptic in a way, but beautiful in another way. Like it was, he combines these things into like very nightmarish dreamscapes. Like it's kind of cool. Number two was Witch's Rave, of course, because that freaking line. You like to see him suffer for your fantasy and thrill. Oof, oof, that hit me home. That hit me home. But, and of course, number one had to be Nightmares by the Sea because that is definitely the best song on this fucking album by far. That is the best song on this album. Like, Nightmares by the Sea was trippy and transcending and just so, I mean, I'll say it again, haunting. Like, it's just haunting. Like, it's, it'd be a perfect theme song for, a freaking horror, sh- a horror show about like a sea monster or something. Like it'd be perfect. That's what I was thinking about. And I agree, Phil. Jeff couldn't make a bad album. He's just that art. He's just that kind of artist. I mean, the fact that you always said CD one. I, I I was listening to some of the tracks on CD two just for shits and giggles. Like after I got another CD one, and I was like, oh my god, Chancey would love some of these. Like I'm like, these are Chancey's type of songs, and the and the t- the titles. I'm like, that's Chancey's music. Yeah, I know. I noticed. But I was like, it's all right, you know. I appreciated it only being one disc. Casey! But, so, yeah, Jeff Buckley, widely received by everybody and widely loved. That's the message here, basically. We enjoyed the shit out of that CD. I know I did, at least, and I'm pretty sure everybody else did. But, Chansey, I think... Misa think we're going to do your CD next because it's the most similar in a way, but very not so similar. I mean, it's it's definitely different, but it's more similar than other the other album that got brought here. So, but we have reasons. But what CD did you bring, Chancy? And why do you want to bring this one? And tell me, it's just not the normal reason it always is. Say what now? I said, tell me it's not the normal reason it always is. That's why you wanted to bring it. Uh, honestly, I chose the cranberries. No need to argue. Many you see.
<laughs> I am in my room, Casey. But uh, no, Casey from Washington. Um, so I, I went with uh, I went with the cranberries because the lead singer Dolores has such a beautiful voice, and uh, I mean the stereotypical reason that you would expect was actually my first exposure to them, but it also caused me to dive deeper into looking into who they were. And I figured it was the best opportunity to bring a, the band to the show. Cause it did kind of match up pretty well with, uh, with Jeff Buckley a little bit okay. as far as like the stylings and stuff of that. And some of the messages and some of the undertones and some of the other music. But, uh, I mean, I, I've been a big fan of these guys since the 90s and have been wanting to bring them on for a hot minute and figured what better time than here. All right. All right. Well, Harvey, what did you think of the Cranberries? Um, she's got what I think is best described as a very eclectic, very... Her voice is a rare one and i gotta say i could not listen i listened to that album once i like her voice but i couldn't it's not something that i would listen to i like the band i like i like her backing band her voice bothers me um there's nothing more to say that and it's it has nothing to do with the talent or her range or anything it's just not my cup of tea yeah when i hear her I think of Natalie Merchant. Okay. And and if you don't know, she's um, 10,000 Maniacs before she went solo. I love mm. her stuff. She, I love Natalie Merchant's voice. I couldn't handle this woman's voice. It just didn't do it for me. But I love the music. So I could, I'd probably end up listening to the Cranberries if I listened to their instrumentals. Except for a few of the songs. I picked five songs that I could listen to that I can get by with her voice because I like her lyrics. But yeah, her voice was it was a little grating to me. That's the that's the best way I could say. That's all right, man. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, as everybody else in the world, the one song in the CD I've known for decades. But other than that one song, I never drove into the Cranberries at all, just because it just never crossed my path. I mean, her voice is I love eclectic voices because I I listen to rappers with eclectic. I can't say that word for shit, but eclectic, eclectic voices all the fucking time. I need that damn hooked on farms. What is this, Mars Attacks? Take your pill, Chancy. But yeah, I mean, I love unique voices. I really do. Yeah, and that's the word I couldn't get. She's definitely unique. And yeah, her her voice is unique. She is a freaking smoke show. She is gorgeous. Like I, yeah. mm. I mean, if you like, if you like the tomboys looking girls, but she's like definitely. I don't know. I, I think she's very talented, and her band is freaking amazing. Harvey's right about that. Her band is freaking incredible, and like, I actually listen to both these CDs mainly with like headphones on today at work, and I usually don't do that when I listen to music. I usually listen to it on the car speaker, and like hearing her band on headset was a whole different like thing than listening to it in the car. It's like, oh my god, it's amazing. And I overall enjoyed it, though. 
I'm not. I'm not gonna say I. I'm, I can't say I didn't like it. I enjoyed most of the CD. There's certain songs I would not really give a damn if I listen to again. But a lot of the songs I definitely could listen to again and enjoy. So, yeah, I. It was definitely one of your better choices, Chancy. Thank you. I know it doesn't get you don't get that often, but yeah, you know. What were your, what were your top five, Chancy? Uh, number five was Ode to My Family. Uh, number four was The Icicle Melts. Uh, three was Disappointment. No Need to Argue was number two. And uh, Empty as well as Zombies was my number one because I felt it would be cliche to just put Zombies at number one, even though it was the first song of theirs I ever heard. But Empty also kind of rang with me a little bit. Yeah, I mean... I think I think Zombie's the first song by the Cranberries everybody heard basically, and then they just people who liked it went and checked them out. But but then again, I never knew I never knew who sang Zombie like off the top of my head until t- until today, like or until the other day. I never knew who actually sang the song. I just knew the song for every word for word basically. But Harvey, what were your top five? Because I know mine didn't match Chancey's one hundred percent, so I'm gonna so... see if yours matches any better. Number five for me was Empty. I enjoyed that song a lot. Number four was No Need to Argue. Number three was Zombie. Number two, which if I would listen to anything, if anybody asked me for a song from them that was an album, you know, an album track that wasn't a lead single or something, would be my pick, and that's Disappointment. I enjoyed Disappointment a lot really like that really haunting that felt really like the lights turned off when that song yeah came like not the title fit the content fit her voice didn't bother me as much because i really like what she was saying and oh to my family is number one one because i think that's the first song of hers that i heard it was recognizable i enjoyed it but disappointment is by far my favorite song from them i would say but um, mm. one, because I I like both songs, and I guess just in terms of familiarity, I would go with Ode. But Disappointment is like, if I'm right, if I'm making a playlist for somebody, you know, like Sad Sunday, It's Rainy or something, you know, I'll play that. Listening to this and putting that list together, I'm like, it brought to mind, like, a lot of these feelings. I thought of Evanescence, like the bands with the big girl voice. Yeah. Her. So, like, I thought of Garbage. I thought of these bands. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got the band, but then you have the chick. Paramore. All these groups where you have the big super voice out there. So it, it to me, didn't love the artist, but it really made me reminisce and think about other artists. So I listened. I listened to Paramore. I listened to Garbage. I listened to some other stuff. So I, I don't know. That's what I love about music. I start one place. I end up somewhere entirely different. Nice. Yeah. So that's where I was. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely can get like a no doubt vibe when I listen to them as well. Like, same, same That's era. That's too poppy. I don't know. Too uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't go that far, but I hear you. I hear you. You have to, you have to listen to their songs that are not that weren't radio plays. She didn't do it for me. Eh, I don't know. Yeah. No I mean, doubt, I didn't like her. I mean, she could have my B A N A N A any time of the week, but um, I I think that was her. <laughs> I don't really fucking know pop music, but. My my top five for this one, and I had reasons for each of these, 
and and you're gonna kill me because the first two re- the first two are actually very related to Batman. But there's a scene in a comic book where Doc, where uh, Mister Freeze dies, and it's a very heartbreaking couple pages as he looks back on his life and is realizes all the bad he's done. And he's just like, oh my god, what have I what did I do? What did I become when Nora died? Like, and my number five, the icicle melts would be perfect background to that. Perfect background to that. Like, I just, that's what, I'm th- that's what I was thinking about today listening to it. Literally. I hear you. Literally. That makes sense. <laughs> I mean, and not just a name, like, just like the lyrics too, but number four was Daffodil Lament, because that was very haunting. Like, that song, and that's actually one of two songs on this list that in the beginning of the song, I'm like, I don't like this song so yet. And then, like, it kicks in, and at, at, at one point in the middle, it's just like, oh, Oh, what is this? The band kicks in. It's just like, Jesus. Okay, I'll take it. Number three was Ridiculous Thoughts because everything about that song was fucking incredible. The, the lyrics, her voice in that song, and the, the drummer in that song especially. Like, And I, I've been known to have Ridiculous Thoughts here and then, but so, you know, it works. Number two was Empty because... That's the other song where it's like the first half of it, I'm just like, what's going on? Like, this isn't that great a song. And then the violins kick in, and it's like, oh, this is something I can get into. This is my symphonic shit. This reminds me of Nightwish in a way almost. Like, symphonic shit. I think that is a perfect description how I feel about her. The symphonic, like, take her voice out and just let the background go. I'm in, t- I agree with you entirely. Well said. Well said. And then number one, of course, had to be Zombie because it's it's one of the most incredible freaking songs ever, especially if you listen to, like, the drummer in the background, like, when she's doing, like, the chorus. Like, oh, my God. Like, it's just – I could listen to instrumental that and just be happy with it. Like, they should play that in stores instead of just hearing her scream over the freaking loudspeakers in stores. Zombie. Like, it's just oh. – <laughs> like, how many times can you – can she has, does she have to say it so many times in a row? Like, what the hell? <laughs> like – Ugh. And the fact they hadn't used them Walking Dead at all just kind of pissed me off. I mean, they should have just thrown her a bone and been like, all right, you know, you, you wrote this like a decade and a half before Walking Dead was a thing. We should just freaking argue. <laughs> but it's, uh, but yeah, those are my top five. Like I said, Chanty, not a bad CD. You, you had done a lot worse. I think last week was a little worse, even. But it feels kind of judgy in here. What's going on? <laughs> Oh yeah, it's always uh, it's always something like that. I mean, last week was better than the Offspring, so I think that's a win in my book. Oh, okay. oh. it doesn't take much and, to get that off. Offspring album. And the and also I gotta say the last three albums I've chosen, this one, the last one, and the Offspring is still better than that garbage fuck, just tragic shit show of Cottonmouth Cockery. Get that shit out of here, Cottonmouth Kings. Cottonmouth uh, That's wonderful. You like um, that? And that better be that better be on TikTok at some point. Cotton mouth cockery. I <laughs> I can make that happen. I can make I can make that happen. Cotton but... mouth cockery. That might be the name of one of my fantasy fan football teams. Cotton mouth cockery. <laughs> oh, that's the greatest. <laughs> CMC. Well, Oh, I love it. I love it. Come well, Chancy, guess what's making a return next week? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Are you saying it's time for me to use my nuclear deterrent? Oh, wait. You chose. Never mind. I already chose my album for next week. Son of a bitch. <laughs> All right. 
That's cool. That's cool. When I get done, just when I get done decimating your cottonmouth cockery album that you're bringing up next week, I'm just gonna have to fucking reserve my nuclear deterrent. Either that or find either that or find some sun house to force you to listen to again. There you go. Put some blues on, but that's what you do. That's what you do. Putting on the putting on blues make it will, will make me just want to go like go in the garage, you know, grab that rope, just be like. If you gotta die, at least die to a nice soundtrack. You're damn right. Like the blues. Well, if you're gonna die, going to the blues is definitely the way to do it, but it's fitting. It's fitting. We say this all in jest. We are not. Yes, YouTube. YouTube, it is a joke. We make jokes. Them's is jokes. We love life. We say this in jest. Don't make any bad decisions. And you and yeah, you, you, YouTube. Just so you know, um, the raptor would break with my fat ass, so no worries. But <laughs> man, they don't make houses like they used to, man. That should be able to right. Like, what the heck? What the heck? No, all, all the damn fucking mice up in my fucking loft are probably ruining all my damn raptors. But oh, damn. went down to the crossroads, got down on my knees, put the band to bed, put the band to bed. Sorry, I'm just thinking about what I'm going to force you to go through next time. <laughs> Some blue rapage going on next time. I have a feeling, but um, dude, that's that's a that's a song about Robert Johnson, one of the greatest blues players of all time, selling his soul to the devil to learn how to play them blues. No, he just sucked that much that he needed to sell his soul to the devil to learn to play them blues. <laughs> There's a difference. There's a difference. But uh, oh, it's time to go to the last album. And probably the one I have a feeling we're going to be talking about the longest. I have a good feeling of. But, see, Harvey was coming back on. I knew it. So, before he even gave me his album, I had a couple ideas in my head. And, I mean, I knew if I brought Will Smith, he would leave. So, because I was going to bring the one with, you saw my blinker, bitch, just so uh make Freddie <sighs> smile. Just to make Freddie smile. But, um. I was like, no, I don't. I want Harvey to show up for the show, actually. So. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say we can't do that, man. <laughs> I would, I would, I would have done some shit, uh, dude. If you would have pulled up on a Will Smith thing, I would have been like, okay, Harvey, do not listen to my album. I would have private messaged Harvey and been like, <laughs> Harvey, don't listen to my album, and then I would have used my nuclear deterrent. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I told my wife that I was coming on M Cube, and. She's like, you know, Jeremy's like, has he has, has he given you a Will Smith album to listen to? I'm like, he knows better. Like, I'm not showing up. I don't need to show up for that. You know I don't have a top five. It's going to be the top five worst songs, and all the songs will tie for number one. There's no yep. So. <laughs> yep. Well, so I knew I couldn't bring him, and I'm just thinking, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go back gonna go way back to the younger days of Harbondre Laguerre. He was roaming the streets of Jersey. <laughs> of Jersey. Trying I'm to find suburb- a- I am a suburban Negro. I was not. I was not on the streets of Jersey. I grew up in Long Island. Silver spoon in my mouth. So hell well, no. Hell no. Well, I, I was like, I need to bring him back to when he was wounded all the ladies, trying to get him to come back to his crib in his 20s. Yeah. And I'm like, and yeah. Like, <laughs> and you know what? I was like, 
And this also ties into the bracket we're doing. Actually, a week, a week from a week from right now, we'll be in the middle of this bracket of Hobson's mm-hmm. greatest. I believe it's fifty songs. So, and it's it's going to be fun. We have a lot of good people on that one so far already, and we're looking for more. But I decided to bring Hobson's newest album though, since the last time I brought him on, I brought on his, I brought I already brought on his first two albums. I'm like I'm gonna bring on his last album, his newest album, because there's also topics in there that I think Harvey would really relate to not so much relate to but with his podcast he'd relate to them as they are mental health issues men's mental health issues and i'm like you know what this is perfect for harvey i really think it is so i brought hopkins yep just a normal day on my favorite website backpage.com i was scrolling through holes looking for a bitch to fuck i'm like that babe uh-huh i was just about to call her then i saw a nap pop up i'm like wait oh my god you see i had a really long day and i just cannot turn on an asian massage so I called him up and I said, hello, when is your next slot available? She said, you can come right now. Fuck yeah. Hurry up because I wait for you. I pulled up and I sat in the waiting room. Is this shit all is set up? It's debatable. If I get confronted by the police, I just want a massage. I am not here to break the rules. Then an Asian lady had appeared and told me to come away into the counter. Then she asked me if I wanted to get a session for 30 minutes or an hour. I said, mm, uh, I'll take 30. Nah, matter of fact, I'll do an hour. Fuck it. Cause I know whatever's about to go on behind those doors, I'm about to love it. She said, You should be fifty dollars up for you. I do forty-five. I said thank you and gave her the money. Then she said, Okay, let's go inside. I'm like, fuck yeah. It's about to go down right now. Right now. So good what I found right now. Right now. I'm about to let it all out right now. Yeah. He played out in 2017 and it was his last album he's put out. He's put out a couple singles during COVID, but He's working right now on his next album. And it's going to be interesting to see what it is as he, as we'll discuss, this album, a lot of these things, everything on this album actually happened to him in real life. So he's been going through a lot for the last five, six years. And this, it's going to be interesting to see where he comes out with that. But that's why I brought it, because for mental health reasons and just because of the bracket coming up too. And you know what? I had to bring some rap for Harvey because I have never actually heard Harvey really talk about rap that much besides like classics. So I had to. So proper rap. Exactly. 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 But there is still some proper rap in this day and age. It's far in, in between, but it's there. And it's like it's like finding a diamond in a trash heap. And I also know yeah, it is. It is. It really is. But. And I also know that another man that Harvey respects, Mr. DeAndre Robinson, also lists uh, Mr. Hobson as top 10 rappers of all time. So, as well as I do. So, I'm like, I think I can make Harvey like Hobson. And that's why I brought it. But what did you think of Hobson, Harvey? I'm dying to know. So, I tend to be pretty black and white when it comes to opinions about what I like or what I don't like. And you guys have spoken of Hobson, and I'm like, who is this guy? And whatever. And I'm okay, I don't know this guy. I don't know who this dude is. I put this on, and I can honestly say, in fact, I actually texted DeAndre before I got on here to say that when I am incorrect, when I'm wrong about something, I will admit it. Hobson is the fucking man. I was like, wow, this album. This- Excellent. Solid. Absolutely excellent album. I was surprised. I played it through. I, In fact, I I started playing it, and since I don't have, like, the awesome 
Spotify. And I tried to play the album. It won't play the album. We just started playing random songs. And I'm like, yo, this shit is hot. Yo, this is, this is the first four songs on the album? Turns out it was just playing random other stuff. <laughs> like, Hold on. Because I'm like, this doesn't. So I'm like, let me look. So then I went back and I played the album. I'm like, this is some shit. This automatically is like one of my top 20 favorite like hip hop albums. Automatically listening to this. It felt to me like this. I felt like Drake listened to this, some of this album before he came out. Because some of his flow, his singing stuff kind of comes off of some of these songs that Hobson has done. Did you Lyrically. say Drake? Yeah, Drake. Seriously, I feel like Drake, to a degree he copies Drake, Drake came out way before this album was a thing. No, I no 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 no. I I understand that, but I still oh, feel okay. like some of this stuff. Oh, you know what? Actually, I said that wrong. Some of this stuff feels like they're intertwined. So oh, I man, think yeah. that's why I just feel like they're connected. I know Drake has been around forever, so there's no doubt about that. But there was something about this that I felt like this sounds Drakey, and I don't feel Hobson was copying Drake. I feel Drake to a degree. Something about them. Either way, I really like this album a lot. And I will listen to this again. And I will listen to his other stuff based on this. So this album was a, was quite a surprise. Good and pick. I Excellent achieved. pick. Excellent pick. Achievement earned. But, and, uh, and just because you can't really pick it up on this album, just so you know, Hobson was originally signed for his first CD to Ruthless Records. Easy, yeah. Easy oh, I read up on him after this. Oh, after okay. listening to this, I'm like, who is this guy? I'm like, I need to know why I hadn't heard him. Like, yeah. So I definitely knew. Yeah, I mean, we're we're talking we're talking about a man who, by the point this album came out, has been betrayed by one record label that he naively signed up with when he was a young kid, basically, and then he got. It happened again with the album he started that he basically got forced out of. And so he's been through the fucking wrecking ball. And this album just shows it like he's as breaking point in this album. But Chancy, you this is your third listen of Hobson. What did you think of his newest compared to his first two albums? Ah, it's fucking trash. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. <laughs> See, no, you spoiled, I, you spoiled it earlier, so you can't get me with the surprise. That's, I told you, no spoilers. Nah, I, I honestly, it's it's solid. It's legit solid. I got, like, I picked my five more so, like, you know. I think I think my five and four are connected in some way, and most of it's just a joke anyway. So like, I got all I got all my five picked out. I don't have anything. There's no songs that are really like lacking. They're underwhelming or anything like that. It's pretty solid. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, I'm sure you, I'm sure you two actually enjoyed it because you actually you actually get a little blues in one of them. But yep, and I. That's like, my, that's like I, my least favorite song, but yeah. <laughs> I would say this probably puts you into the m just shy of neutral zone after that Cottonmouth Kings fiasco. Because, <laughs> like, dude, you were so you were so far in the red, like it was crimson hue, man. Like it was some dark red. <laughs> right. I, I, can I? What's the name of that album? Like, do I even put it in? Will it ruin my playlist forever? If I put oh, that for, 
Do I that con mucking? Yeah. Oh, dude, don't, dude. Okay. Even the even the guest was like, dude, this is shit. Well, <laughs> as 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 Aaron said, I brought it up against dead candies and freaking and uh, uh, oh shit. Well, my the this, yeah, the, the pixies. pixies. Yeah, okay. so he, as, he yeah he yeah. As Aaron, as Aaron told me, he's like. That I'm like you. He's like you picked the wrong. You picked the wrong choice. I'm like that I was the wrong the- week. The Pixies and the Dead Kennedys. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah, I, I brought the most. I heard the Dead Kennedys first, and I brought the most punk thing I listened to. So, <laughs> and that's. But I think next week it'll actually blend in a lot better. But we'll see. We'll it see, might, but, but I, I, I mean, I've, I've got a hard, I got a hard bias against the Cottonmouth Kings. Like, there's only one song of theirs that I've ever really liked. And ever since then, it's just been, it's just been uh, a whole lot of chasing the dragon and uh, trying to ice skate it up a hill. Ah. Well, we'll see. And I'm just telling you, Chanty, for next week, you might want to be really, really stoned when you listen to it. So, it, the vibe. I mean, is, I it, it, the next that this CD coming next week is a stoner CD by far. It's by far one. I of gotta stoner CDs. So I got to. Uh, I got to go to the the dispensary to re-up on my medical stuff anyway, so maybe I'll get lucky. All right. Well, as far as Hopson goes, save Cottonmouth Kings for next week. I got two honorable mentions because I have, how could I fucking not? And the first honorable mention is more not even about the song. It's more about a memory of my life. And the first honorable mention is definitely is Witch Doctor because I actually saw the video for that way before the CD came out. And it I, I really like that song and the video actually he actually like made the video like look like he's in Africa like he's he did like a really good job of the video for it but the memory is my grandfather used when he was driving us to church or anywhere he's always sing uh that witch doctor song that the chipmunks would sing at times too like the ooh, ee, ooh, yeah wah wah bang bang freaking song I, you're I, talking I, about the purple people eater no, it's not the purple peepee. Oh, by the same. You, do you mean by the same guy? Because it's not the purple peepee. Or I know that song. It's. I mean, oh wait, no, yeah. Oh yeah, no. I, I. Sorry, I think I am mistaken because I know the ooh ee ooh ah ting ting love all the bing bang. But I don't yeah. think it is the purple people eater. No, it's not the purple people eater because I just listened to that not long ago for the Halloween songs bracket when Casey did it. So I mean, but it's my grandpa singing me that was a. Always making us sing that in the car was like a memory for that song. It always has been. And the other one is right here, like because it's true. Like they try to hate on him in the media so much, and they can't stop him. Like he's not going anywhere. He's always going to be right here. Number five was tell him who you got it from, because I mean, for anybody with kids, like and like they get when your kids come home and they're like, "Oh, my teacher complimented this day." I mean, I mean, at least me, I'm always like, "Well, tell him who you got it from." But, like, you got it from me. Come on now. Number four, though, and the fact that I got pushed this, this far down the list, I wasn't happy about. But things happen for reasons. And number four is Hotel in Sydney. Because that, when this, when I first heard the CD, and that op- it opens with that freaking song. Like, and you actually read the fact that it's all true. That song is actually what happened to him when he went to, like, Australia and got put in prison and everything. Like, it literally happened. And he, like, all, everything happened. And when you knock up a random girl, <laughs> the downfall of being a rapper, you knock up a random girl you hook up with, and then she can ruin your life for a long time. 
and that's basically what she's doing to him. And he still, he actually is still banned from Australia. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he can't get back into Australia still. So yeah, I think so. Hotel in Sydney is a very heartbreaking song, and it, you can hear him breaking in it. Number three is Happy Endings because I freaking I love that song. It's so it's it's one of his humorous songs that he does on every album. And it's just freaking so funny. It's just so fucking funny. And who hasn't got a massage and hope for a happy ending at the end? So you know, I mean, I know in the Dominican Republic, apparently it could have happened after I talked to the concierge after I got done, but I didn't do the right things. So that's on me. And then number two was easy because Ill Mind of Hobson. It's the ninth one he's done. The first two were nothing special. They were just like his YouTube specials he did before he put out any CDs. But from three to nine are freaking incredible, like songs that make you think about life. And then the fact that he made this one just to, as like a message to his son to hear someday is just beautiful. And if and I know Chancey watches listens to stuff on YouTube, so if you actually saw the music video for it, he does like a whole Sesame Street thing in the music video, and it's freaking hilarious. It reminds me of the De Chappelle like Sesame Street skit too, but it's just it's a and here's something you could tell your grandma. She looks like the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man from Ghostbusters. Like that shit's hilarious. Like I freaking love that shit. <laughs> oh, your mom's tits—they're plastic. <laughs> like, it's just, like oh my god, I, I've said before in the show, but he when I first started listening to him, I called him Black Eminem because that's what he reminded me of. Like the way he rapped in his earlier CDs, you remind me of Black Eminem, and this song it definitely comes through once again. And then my number one was No Words too, because that it's just an amazing skit. And no, it's really all your fault. I just wanted to pull a chancy for a minute. <laughs> Jokes on you. Yeah, I know you got two skits in your fucking number one already. I know, but it's not. But uh, all your fault, all your fault is like I, I can. That song was like a theme for me. Like the I'm so tired, like shit, like of all the of all the drama you've been causing me. Like I could relate to that so much in so many different aspects of my life. Like it's just like, oh, I love that song. I can hear it in my head right now. It's freaking. Mm, it's such a good song. It's just anybody can relate to it because everybody has stress in their life, and it's just. You feel it. You feel it in your bones. But Harvey, what were your top five? All right. So number five, Ill Mind of Hobson Nine. Enjoyed. I liked every one of those. And the reason, I mean, aside from the music, this really fit in regards to what I do in life, you know, and deal with mental health and such. It was a really good pick. You picked it for a multitude of reasons. And I think listening to this, it was really, really heartfelt. Some real kind of issues that men deal with. So I really enjoyed that. Number four was I Must Be On Something. I like that track. I like that. <laughs> I think that was fun. Number three, I Wouldn't Do That. I like that track too. It's fun. Number two, Tell Him Who You Got It From. I love that shit. That's, a, that's an enjoyable track. But number one, Marcus's gospel is a fantastic song. And it's got the proper backing. That's got the right music in the end. It's I like this a lot. This is a good artist. I'm going to end up going through his whole catalog. I'm going to listen to everything. I've started 
already just based off listening to this. But this is a good album. I like an album that almost feels like there's a timeline to it. Like there was, it was put together well. That's albums used to be. And I love a good interlude in the 90s. Every rapper had some ridiculous interlude during the rap. Some girl, you know, moaning or something or something stupid. But I love random interludes in the middle of songs. But I really like Marcus's gospel. I listened to that like two or three times right after hearing it. So that is that is my top five. I have a question for both of you guys once Chansey goes to his list. I have a question for both of you guys. I'm interested to hear. But that's All right. And, and actually, Chansey, if you actually hear it in one of the songs, because going back to me calling them Black Eminem, he actually says in one of the songs, like, I heard What's the Difference on Chronic 2001, uh, and I heard Eminem on I'm like, and now I'm like, what the hell is this? Like, so he actually did get like a little bit of Eminem in him from that. Yeah. Uh, so for me, number five was, uh, The Icicle Melts. Rock City. Oh, wait, no. Rock City. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's my bad. That's my bad. I'm at cute in a suit. Uh, number four is No Words 2. Uh, number three is Black Sheep. Number two is Witch Doctor. And number one is Hotel in Sydney. That one actually, I mean, the other ones that you mentioned, Harvey, definitely stood out to me. I was initially just trying to go for the joke, but I just realized that, like, all those undertones were definitely, definitely much more important. Mm. Uh, I, I, I mean, that's why I also put a words, too, as my number one as well, because, I mean, it's funny how he makes fun of like modern rappers because they really aren't saying words. They're just making like noises with their mouths as they're rapping. Like it's it's there's no words. Like it's, it's that interlude that was hilarious. That yeah. that reminds me of an interview Biggie used to have had on one of his albums. But I really thought of Biggie listening to it. But yeah, agreed. agreed. And, and you said you had a question. Yeah. So I was listening to this, and I haven't sat and listened to like an, uh, a hip hop album in a while, just straight through. So I was listening to it, and there was one thing that is really noticeable to me, and just how much the N word is used in these songs. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh God. Hobson especially. And, yeah, he loves that yeah. word. My question is: Does that have an effect on you guys listening to hip hop? Because <laughs> I mean, I'm interested to hear: Does that is that something you hear, you skip? What is that? If is there any effect, any kind of connection disconnection when you hear that word in it because typical hip-hop is going to be black artists using words like that how does that work for you guys when you hear that kind of music and that kind of language used in it uh i mean personally for me i'm kind of desensitized to it because i grew up in a generation where it was in every rap song that was popular if you listen mm -hmm. to the non-mtv version so i mean it it wasn't i'm so desensitized and plus every kid i knew in school white black no matter what color they wore was saying it too just because it i mean white kids wouldn't say it in front of the black kids obviously but we would say we would easily say it to each other because we thought we were being cool like rappers like so i mean it's just something yeah it's, you look back in retrospect and it's freaking horrible but it's just what it is and i mean i'm desensitized to it i mean i i do notice with, i did actually notice on this cd with hobson that he does really like say it a lot and I'm like, I didn't notice that the first couple times I was in the city, the how often he said, I think I was just too focused on the beats and the other words. But this time, after hearing the song so many times, I'm like, 
damn, he loves that word. <laughs> like, he must love that word. Like, it's like every fifth word is that word. And I was like, all right, whatever. I mean, it doesn't bother me. I'm used to it. I mean, NWA did a freaking – NWA had a freaking name, for God's sake. So, I mean, <laughs> I mean what, what do you expect? What do you expect? It's been in rap since the start of rap, basically, since rap became a big thing. I think the only rappers that I know that never say it that is black is Will Smith. <laughs> he said it in songs, but I've uh, never heard him say a song. I've never heard him say in one song. I feel like, um, you know what? I'm, you might be right. He For said, me, he said, "bitch." I think yeah, "bitch" is the only right. curse word he ever said. It, I mean, it wasn't at the beginning of hip hop. Hip hop was very much just dancing, having a good time. As you move your way down in rap. Then it becomes more prominently used. I guess the right so, thing is it's 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 been since the beginning of gangster rap. Yeah. Yes. Fair. Uh, so my response to that's more so what I take into consideration is context and cadence. Mm, right. So like if it's uh, case in point. I say the word fucking a lot. And I'll use it sometimes to string a sentence together. So I've also noticed that some rappers will use that word to kind of string a sentence together. Or in the case of like Lil Wayne, how he'll end every sentence with that as the rhyming factor. Mm -hmm. the The rhyming link so where he can make up any sentence he wants and then just end it with that link and then it miraculously turns into a bar not to say anything against Lil Wayne I'm a fan like I'm a fan of some of his work it's just that's what I mean by using it as a sentence filler um also like I said context is key um if they're trying to use it to get a point across like uh like in a, like a informative song trying to warn against certain behaviors and outcomes. That's another thing. But I mean, when it's used just for the sake of being used gratuitously, it doesn't, it's not so much that it doesn't bother me. I just kind of, you know, it's kind of one of those things where, Technically, I'm not allowed to have an opinion on the matter. So, all I can do is just kind of take it in as a fan of music and a fan of, you know, a connoisseur, not, I don't want to call myself a connoisseur, but like a fan of the, of the language, English language, and kind of take all those, all those factors into consideration. It's, it's one of those things where, like me using the word fucking to kind of string together a sentence, I do believe it can be overused just for no real reason at all. It makes it difficult if you want to actually like quote some of your favorite lyricists because then that's a whole other a whole other issue because you can't and you're gonna say you're gonna sound foolish if you even try to try while being respectful. Agreed. I just thought it was interesting because, I mean, it's clearly a word that's used a lot. Sometimes, for me, it's a word. I hate the word. I'm not yeah. something I will rarely ever say. I probably say it the most if I'm listening to a rap song. Right. I, now that I think about it. 
And for me, you're right, there's different ways. I feel like sometimes when I feel like there are rappers who are speaking to black people, and I feel like it's a way to say I'm talking to you and say blah, 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 that word. I feel like there's some people, to me, it's like, for example, if I listen to 50, like we'll randomly, me and the wife will be in the car listening to 50, like that early stuff, that first album, and he'll just say something, he'll be rapping, and he'll just be like, bitch, like at the end, for like no reason. Like it's right, just says it. It's like, even if he's just talking, and I'm like, and it's, he says it with like a hard beat. It's like, yeah, I'm like, oh my God, like well, you don't even need to say it. You don't fit the lyric. It doesn't rhyme with anything. You're just saying it just to say it. And I think it was just kind of part of his, it was just part of the essence of 50 back then. I'm a gangster or whatever. I, uh, I do have a question for you, though, Harvey. Yes, sir. So, similar question, different context. Okay. Um, and this time we get there. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> the 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 band Blessed Union of Souls okay. came out came out with a song called "I Believe," and in that song, there's one singular usage of the N word, and I feel that it is so profound that it I hate to say the term acceptable but it's almost required in order to actually get the point across I don't know have you ever heard the song I don't think so I feel like a song where it's just used once and there's what can, well, uh, yeah I'll listen to uh, it yeah. So what? So what it is at the beginning of the verse, he starts talking about this relationship that he's in. Like it kind of breaks down all these things, and the chorus is, "I believe that love is the answer. I believe that love will find a way." And it's talking about like the state of the world, society, stuff like that. And then at the very end, it talks about him personally, and it's like you know, I'm seeing Lisa now for a little over a year. She says she's never been so happy, but Lisa lives in fear. That one day daddy's gonna find out she's in love, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, with uh from the streets. Oh how oh how he would lose it then, but she's still here with me. Hang on uh, one second. It cut out for a minute there, and then you came back almost like you thought you were gonna say the word. So it's like it just you just the screen because <laughs> <laughs> you were talking and then you paused. Then you blacked out, then I blacked out, then Jeremy, then everybody came back. That's so funny. <laughs> well, when when you listen to the song, you'll you'll understand it. And it, when I was in choir, I actually wanted to do that song as my senior solo. Mm. Like, I mean, didn't you, I, it, it, to me, it didn't matter. But the fact of it was is that it just it's so interchangeable because it doesn't have to be about an interracial couple. It can literally be just about anybody who doesn't fit the social, you know, norm. He, he could have used the word scumbag instead of that word. He, well, uh, it worked. No, it works for him because he's talking about his real life mm. and it's, and it's beautiful and it's amazing. And I couldn't highly, I couldn't recommend it more for so, him to listen to. So now that I, I just looked up the artist and obviously I, hey, Leonardo, that I know that song. And I'm yeah. that's, like, that's their one. Is he, is he a white artist? Negative. He's black. Okay. All right. Yes, sir. 
All right. I'll be interested to hear what he said. Okay. All right. I'm interested. I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, Chancy, if he's not white, then there's no, I don't even see any issue. I mean, it's, it's acceptable then. No, no, no. It's not that I think that it's an issue. I'm just saying that its use is so profound in illustrating the point and telling the story that like removing it in any capacity, whether it be for a radio edit or any of those capacities takes away from the gravity of the love story behind it. Yeah. I, I mean, I get it. I mean, it's, it's not like Marilyn Manson just put out a CD called Rock and Roll Ninja. Right. Yeah, well, I that's mean, a that's a cover song from a I know, song I back in the day anyway. I know, I know, but the fact that the whitest man in the world, Marilyn Manson, is going to put that out, is kind of like, really, dude? Really? Well, I mean, it was the punk, I think the punk band that put it out was a bunch of white dudes anyway. I don't think any, I was, that was just a fucking ignorant ass song anyway. But, All right, I got something to listen to. I'm interested. Um, I don't know. I'm I, I'm not a fan of the word. I don't really want to hear it. I'm like you. I'm desensitized like you, Jeremy. I've heard the word so much that it kind of just flows into songs that I hear. It doesn't make or break any songs for me. It's just part of it. Um, I don't. I don't know. I there I there is like, there is one song out there that these. That these uh, interns in my one of my jobs a couple year, few years ago used to list, listen to once before they got in trouble for it, where it literally says that word like ten times in a row, says like two other words, and says that word ten times in a row again. Like the point of that song is just to say that word as many times as possible. And like my boss made them turn it off immediately, but like I was just like, why even put that out? That's just like a waste of a music track. Like why even put that out? Like are you trying to just push buttons? Like is that all yes. you're trying to do? That's why if you're just saying, if you're just doing a song to just say the word without whether we can agree or disagree about whatever message or whatever point you're trying to make, if you're doing it with a point to it, I guess you can, you can try. I don't think there's going to be a label that's going to, I mean, if you're Caucasian, you're going to have a hard time getting that out, but yeah, legitimately trying to make a point. We're at the point now where you probably can't even get away with something like that because, you know, it's just too much. But if you come out with a song just so you can say it, then you're an ass. There's yeah. No, yeah. There's no reason other than to push buttons, other to just get people talking about your album, get people, pe- people, album and the words that you do. You know what they do? They go and they buy it. Yeah. And that's what happens. So sometimes... Go out there, you cause a ruckus, ruckus equals cash, man. I mean, it does. It truly does. I mean, but, and, I mean, Chance, you should be pretty sensitized to it, too. You, you like 3-6 Mafia, for God's sake, and they say that word. No, I, no I, get, I get that, and that's part of what I mean by, like, you know, context and cadence, because, like, a lot of times, while they may use it gratuitously, they still do it in a cadence that is designed to fit with the song. Right. Yeah, I mean, but still, it's just like ugh. the amount they say it even gets tiring after a while. It's like, come on, like you can do better. But eh, I mean, yeah, what are you gonna do? You can't change the way people do their art. But well, folks, we brought you three albums. We even brought you an insightful talk from the soul. 
There you go. You got a little Menor of the Prize on the Maniacal Music Musings. And you can, if you want to hear more of that, go check out Menor of the Prize. And everywhere else you can find Harvey. Which Harvey, where is that? Thank you for having me on. I'm glad I was able to come back and uh, bring a bit of soul to MQ. What's up? If you want to listen or watch episodes of Men of the Prize, you can go to HarveyLaguerre.com. All of my episodes are there. In fact, if you look hard enough, you may see one of the people on the screen might have done an episode. I'm not sure. You may see. You also find all my socials on there. So if you want to jump on my Twitter, the Tick and the Talk, the Facebook, the LinkedIn, you will find me out there. Um, you know, also Bracket Bastards, I do that. Masturbators, we do the do the drafts. I'm part of the I Did Not Make These Rankings podcast network. I just love podcasting. It is my it is my peace. It is my space to relax and enjoy myself. So I love doing a good podcast, and I'm glad I got to do it with some friends. So thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Well, I've been trying. I've been trying to fit in for a while because no pun intended. But do you guys are we at the point where we're doing like what was I thinking? Do you pick like a kind of music and do one? I mean, like we, uh, like we did it originally. We I brought blues and such to it. Are we gonna? Is there like a blues one, like a rock one, or something like that? Wait, I mean, they they end up being themed, right? Like just off just off what what the guest brings and what we match it with, they may end up themed like. We we did a female singers uh, episode because we had a female singer on the show. Okay, and, that makes yeah. that makes sense. And and we we've done a soundtrack one because the guests wanted to do a soundtrack episode. So I was like, all right. And and then one of the episodes ended up where all the albums came out in the same year, and uh, that was good. Yeah. If that yeah. ever happens again, gentlemen, if particularly in my favorite decade, I'll let you guys guess what that decade is. But if you're ever able <laughs> to do that, I'm, I don't know. I might, you know, I may have to buck a trend, see if I can let the wife let me jump back on here again. But I think talking to music, this was, this was fun. And you give me the right decade and the, and the right, I bring out the right album. This could go a lot longer than an hour. So nice. <laughs> we could definitely do that in the future. That's, that's not, that's not a problem. That's not a problem. Yeah. Yeah. No. Though you will be seeing a lot more of Harvey on this show in the next coming year or so, I'd begin with anyway, as I already announced on another show, as two of the participants have been announced in the upcoming special brackets, but the other three will be announced over the next couple weeks, I'm pretty sure. I think they're all on one show or another, but anyway, Chancy, where can they find you besides The Void? Uh, you know, Facebook and... Uh, Instagram and Twitter and TikTok. So Instagram and TikTok is the Red Eye Roundtable, and uh, Twitter is Red Eye Table. Shows coming soon, hopefully. Uh, you know, here maniacal music musings. Uh, you know, I'll guest host anybody's show that wants me on. Hopefully. You know, I've been doing a lot of Crime Rewind and uh, an evening at the movies and all types of other stuff. Yeah, uh-huh. Got to give a shout-out to everybody on the on the big Yeah, uh-huh train. They're awesome. And, uh, you know, the uh, 
the dark recesses of your deepest nightmares. And you can also you can also find him if you happen to be driving through the cornfield to Iowa. He may pop out and say, Outlander, we have your woman. That's in Nebraska, but, fool. They're all cornfields. Children of the Corn took place in Nebraska, man. They're all cornfields. Hey, you know what? Completely off the point, but on the point we're talking about. The song Hurricane by Bob Dylan, he says that word. Holy shit, he does. Yeah, I mean, different different. 1976. Times. I mean, it's way back. But that's the yeah. beauty of using the word to make a point. Exactly. And it's Context and cadence. And it's because it's Bob Dylan, legendary and, songwriter. Yeah. And I actually will say, I think there is one, there's one song on the top five, on the bracket coming up, that, that the special bracket, that has that word in it. There's one. There's one song that has that word in the title, and I don't believe it's a rap song. Alrighty then. So we'll see when we get. And there's also another song that has a certain group name in the title, and I was like, really? Okay, that's gonna be awkward. But we'll we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Exactly. You can you can of course find your musers on Facebook as the uncensored, unpo- unapologetic, and untamed U cubed podcast collective. Facebook group. Finally changed the name. And you can find us on Twitter and the gram as that juggalo bastard and on Tiki Taki as that juggalo bastard podcast. You can also find us on YouTube as Maniacal Music Musings. Or you could find us streaming live on Blind Knowledge Network. Because all knowledge was blind until Shanty was born. He brought the wisdom. And you can come check us off, check us out this Tuesday, where we will be doing a reggae episode. I believe, at least. I haven't listened to all the C's yet, but I, I have a feeling it's a reggae episode. But And you can also check us out a week from tonight, where we will be breaking down Hobson's top 50 songs and determining a winner. So far, we'll be joined by DeAndre Robinson from Masturbators and, CJ, and CJ Tucker from Masturbators. And other guests to be determined at this point. But you can also catch us next weekend as well for the first the first part of the summer songs bracket and see who wins the summer battle. But until next time, we have been your musers and we were very thankful to have our first ever guest come back on the show once again. And I'd have to fuck with him this time by bringing a musical soundtrack. <laughs> but we will see you next time. Until then. Oh, actually, yeah, it was the first episode of Dog Fashion Disco, too. It, it's a very record-setting episode. Cottonmouth cockery, damn it. Cottonmouth cockery. <laughs> 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 and with that... Are you guys letting me go now? Yeah, yeah, I'm afraid not, you fucking dog of a cunt. Yeah. Let's go, dickhead. Officer, you said I was only going to be here for 30 minutes. It's been five hours, man. What's yeah, going on? shut your fucking mouth. You <sighs> fuck with for a fucking bash. What the fuck are you talking about? Go inside, with? you fucking wombat. Man, this is stupid. Go on, sit down. Oh, now, your missus claims you assaulted her. <sighs> Bloody oath, mate. Why'd you fucking beat her? Man, I didn't fucking beat her. Listen, I'm telling you. I got her the engagement ring that she liked. Booked a new flight to come to Sydney just to see her start a new life. Man, she's 20 weeks pregnant, and I was trying to do right. For us, a family, the kid, but maybe I was too nice. My homie texted me a picture, and I just burst into anger. With my girl in a bed with a personal trainer. I text my homie like, yo, where you find this? 
He said, Snapchat, bro. It's all on my timeline, shit. Swear it struck a fucking nerve in my chest. I looked at my girl and said, get a paternity test. She said, no. Don't you get all worked and upset. I only slept in his bed right after work just to rest. I said, what? You expect me to believe that? Ha, all right, yeah, I'll relax. Guess it doesn't seem bad. My girlfriend's with a buff nigga getting teabagged. Officer, correct me if I'm wrong, but she needed her head detached. I said, bitch, I can't believe this shit. Does he know you're pregnant? Is that his kid? Look how big my headache is. This whole time y'all having sex and shit. What type of nigga would fuck a pregnant chick? I said, let's get this paternity test. I'm not kidding, bitch. She said, no, I'm not getting it. Officer, I ain't seen her in months. I couldn't trust the lying whore. Plus, she told me she slept with this guy before. And then I said, you know what? Forget it. It's all good. Never mind. Shit was making my blood pressure high. I love her unconditionally, you know? I can't pretend I ain't never lied. For the moment, I guess I let her slide. She said, if you don't want to take care of this kid, Marcus, then say so. I said, wait, no. It's mine too. I can't go. How you gonna support this kid without me? You don't make dough. She said, ha ha ha. I make loads. She had six grand cash. I said, but she was broke two weeks ago. How you making tips that fast? She said, I bartend. I made it all in tips, ha ha. I said, girl, you must take me as a big jackass. I'm like, please. We both know money is hard to come by. Her bullshit might fly over the heads of some guys. Officer, she's always telling dumb lies. I've known her for six years, and she hasn't lifted a finger one time. I said, where'd you get the cash from? She said, I bartend, duh, from tips. I'm a waitress. I said, where'd you get the cash from? She started stuttering like, Marcus, waitress. I said, where'd you get the cash from? She said, okay, okay, I tell you, just promise me you won't get mad. I'm like, baby, where'd you get the cash from? She said, I work at a strip club. It's how I made the six grand. I said, whoa, no, no! I fell down in tears, my heart broke, I turned cold. I ain't want the girl that I'm in love with doing whole shit. If she needed cash, I would've loaned it, and she knows it. They won't let me get a refund on this $20,000 ring. Fuck, my head hurts, I need some ibuprofen. Yeah, Mr. Hobson, you need a minute. Um, may I have some water, please? I know where he's at all. I don't mean to cry and get emotional, but all this just bothers me. Yeah, it's all right, you good. Yeah, here you go, mate. Thanks. I wasn't me no more. I looked her in the eyes and straight told her. Or just say to her. I need you to tell me where the strip club's at. All this family we about to have is over. I said, tell me where it's at. She said, no. I said, you about to make me mad. She said, so? I said, bitch, you better panic and run. The damage is done. You doing this four months away from having my son? Oh! I told her I would always have her back. I forgave her after all the careless acts. I had one question and she couldn't share the facts. The strip club, how come she couldn't tell me where it's at? Who the fuck she fucking in there? Who's dick she sucking in there? Shaking the fucking butt in the air. It's like we argued for a thousand fucking hours. I'm annoyed and I was at the point where something was about to get destroyed. I grabbed a purse, threw that shit across the room. I fucking launched it too. It was filled with makeup kits and all of her jewels. I blacked out. She said, what the fuck is wrong with you? She got up out the bed to get it. I pushed her ass back in it. I said, we still talking, bitch. You and I ain't finished. Now, the strip club, where is it? Bitch, where the fuck is it? I said, you know what? Fuck it. Awesome, fine. In the process of all this drama, I lost my mind. I felt lost and blind. The gym trainer, the strip club, the ring, the baby. She really crossed the line. And then I finally came down and all the madness was finished. Then she invited me to dinner with the family in Penrith. 
I said I ain't going with you. You can leave now. I need to stay in this hotel room and figure some things out. Officer, I know you ain't gonna sympathize. I don't approve of any man putting hands on his girlfriend or wife, especially when she's pregnant with his kid inside. I honestly feel like I wasn't in the wrong, but still I wasn't in the right. Ask her. She ain't got no bruises on her. I'm human. There's only so much that a dude can conquer. She knew that her actions reflected true dishonor and tried to cover it, saying I'm an abusive monster, this bullshit. <laughs> and that fast, poof, all of her wrongs are in the past. Cool. She's just the innocent white girl, and I'm the black guy who always gets mad. True. I know y'all about to make it hard for me to get back in Australia, man. This shit is fucking sad, dude. I still don't know if this baby is mine or not, so when he's born, who's gonna be the fucking dad? You?